Our first reading today is from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down, and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading Psalm 34 responsively by whole verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him, and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. Our New Testament reading comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot of blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous, and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel.
Gospel according to Luke, the twelfth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you be worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Then you are not able to do so small a thing as that. Why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all of these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and those things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. You may be seated. Well, folks, here we are, our second Sunday in our stewardship campaign and also our final Sunday in our stewardship campaign, because next week, the 28th, we begin Advent. As Pastor Brandy alluded, today in the church here is also a celebration called Christ the King Sunday, where we uh, recognize the kingship and lordship of Christ and the reign that he will have forever. Today, though, we're going to talk and focus in a little bit on this word stewardship a bit. Now, before we dive into it, though, I just want to kind of recognize again a couple of things. One, it's not always fun to talk about money, and when we talk about stewardship, we're not just talking about money, but we're also not not talking about money as well. It's kind of all of these things all in one. And then number two, I also want to recognize what we all know, but just to say it at the beginning Stewardship and how we care for the things that God has entrusted to us is not something that earns us our way into heaven. It is um, recognizing, rather, the things that God has entrusted to our care out of God's love and grace for us. So this isn't, all this talk we're going to have isn't about how we can improve God's view of us or make God love us more, but rather it's how we live a life that is in recognition of God's love for us. So, stewardship. In confirmation last week, on Wednesday night, we talked to the students. We had uh, Jason come and talk to the group, and then they went off into their individual small groups to talk about this word stewardship. And I had them consult Google and Wikipedia to find out what steward meant. And in case you didn't know, you could Google it right now if you would like, but they came to the conclusion that it was something to the effect of being responsible 
for something or for stuff and to kind of supervise or manage or to care for things, which actually is not a far-off definition of our understanding as Christians. So if you've ever watched the show, like an old-school example of a steward would be like Downton Abbey. The steward is the one who manages the affair of the household, um, organizing the staff and the finances on behalf of the owner of the household. So in this case, we are the stewards of God's household, this world that God has entrusted to us. We manage our affairs as if we were managing them on behalf of God. We use God's values and perspective to manage our lives. We strive then for what we read in Deuteronomy, that you know, to love the Lord your God and to remember it in everything that we do. Or, as we are talking with the kids this morning, you could think of it maybe another similar way to the way we were talking with the kids in the children's message. Perhaps you have a house and you ask a college student to come and house sit for them while they are out of town on vacation. You would, as well, imagine you're a college student, but to imagine you're a college student and you live in that house as if it were your own. You would feed the animals and water the plants. You would enjoy the things that they have. Maybe they have a hot tub or something like that or a big TV. But none of these things actually belong to you as the college student house-sitting, but rather you are entrusted with the care and the well-being of that house and everything that is in it while that owner is gone. But it never is actually yours. You are just taking care of it. This, to me, seems like a pretty good understanding of what we mean when we as Christians talk about being wise and faithful stewards of what God has entrusted to our care. We talk about stewardship, of course, meaning our finances, because that kind of touches just about everything in our lives. But of course, it includes our possessions and our time. It includes God's good creation, the planet that we share. It includes our relationships, our talents, our skills. Stewardship is really everything that we do with our faith in this world. So there's some quotes that we're going to put up on the screen here. We have four of them, and I know these are a little small, so I'm going to read them for those of you here in the sanctuary. But one way of thinking about it is this. It was, this is a quote from Robert Hastings. He said, Stewardship is the management of life and all its resources for God and for the good of all. So stewardship is the way we manage our life. Another quote that's similar to that is, Stewardship is receiving and sharing God's bounteous gifts and managing them for the best promotion of God's purposes in the world. Similar idea kind of that we are managing, stewarding what God has given to us for the sake of not just ourselves, but for the sake of the world. And then on the next slide, there's a couple more. It's uh, an anonymous quote is that stewardship is how we live life with what God has entrusted to our care. Basically, it is what we do with what we have. And I would add to that, what we do with what we have through our lens of faith, through our lens of this love that God has bestowed upon us and grace, and that then affects how we go out and live with what we have. And then the final quote comes from good old Martin Luther himself. He said, I have held many things in my hands and have lost all of them. But whatever I have placed in God's hands... That I still possess. Martin Luther's quote there, I think, ties us back into the gospel even more. This idea that we know that there is a greater treasure in life than simply our stuff. And yet, we live with that tension of 
wanting more and more stuff. In some ways, I feel like these quotes say similar things to what Jesus has talked about throughout his ministry. Jesus, in our text, seems to be reminding us that the food and the clothes and the money we have are all ultimately belonging to God. So why do we spend so much time worrying about acquiring more and more stuff when we know where our treasure ultimately lies? Now, I want to recognize this worrying part for just a moment because, of course, if you're one that maybe struggles with anxiety or worry, um, someone coming up, into you, coming up to you and simply saying, hey, don't worry, oftentimes isn't overly helpful. But the deeper understanding of this, the deeper kind of words of what uh, Christ is saying to us, I think is one that we can understand. So anxiety is real, and that is not to, to dismiss those by any means. But God, or Jesus, is talking about something that we know to be true, this living generously and not worrying about our stuff so much frees us then to entrust, you know, to, to free it out into the world and to trust that God is at work through what we are doing. So yes, we should absolutely strive for God's kingdom and everything else will fall into place. When we do that, we may not worry quite as much. But like the birds of the field, or the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, Jesus is telling us to just trust that God will provide and God will use us to bring beauty into the world, whatever that may look like. I also like the tie-in of the gospel with our reading from 1 Timothy, with the last line in particular, where we hear these words of uh, encouraging people to, or encouraging God's people to live generously because when we do so, we experience and live a life that truly is life. Now, I have a beloved person in my life who continues to teach me about living this generous life. I happened to be at Menards um, just a few days ago buying some things that I needed, and you know, any of you who shop there, I had my hard-earned rebate cards in the back of my pocket. You know, the ones you got to fill the card out for and send it in and wait six to eight weeks and all that, and when you finally get it in the mail, it's like Christmas for adults. And we, I had my well-earned cards, and I stuck them in my back pocket, and I went up to pay for the stuff that I had. And where were my rebate cards? I don't know, because they were not in my back pocket anymore. So I tried to be cool with the, the checkout person and pretend like I wasn't having a minor panic attack on the inside. I convinced myself that maybe I had just left my Menards cards on the dining room table, which I knew I hadn't because I remember sticking them in there. But anyways, I got home and I looked everywhere and I looked in the car and my Menards gift cards were gone, not to be found anywhere. I mean, you know, the golden rebate cards, the, the one where they even have my name misspelled and they have for years, where it's a rebate card for Ellery Oikman. I don't know why they think it's not Dykeman, but no matter how many times I write it, but I guess I have sloppy writing, but somewhere... In Menards and in the world in Minot, someone has a couple Ellery Oikman Menards gift cards, and I hope they put them to good use. But when I was kind of uh, feeling irked about this loss of no insignificant amount of money, by the way, this person said to me, don't worry about it. And they went, put their hands out and blew into them, and they said, those cards are now loose in the world for God to use. Now, a pastor should think of those kinds of things more often, I would think, but in the midst of being frustrated and angry at my Menards cards, I did not. (sighs) Let God use them loose out in the world. Just like the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, we haven't earned our place in God's heart, but we are loved because that is who God is. God takes what we have 
and uses them in the world even when we can't see it or maybe not even always intend it. But it can be an attitude of life that we trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ and that we have been forgiven and made into new creations and welcomed through the waters of baptism to love God and to love the world that God has entrusted to us. And so when we take our, our life, our stuff, our money, and we set it loose in the world for God to use, that is our ultimately, I think, our calling. And when we can let hold things loosely, then all of a sudden the worry about them is less. And when we can hold them loosely, we all of a sudden discover the life that really is life. And when we hold them loosely, we quickly discover that our treasure lies in a new place. It's not the stuff that we were holding tightly onto, but rather our treasure lies in God's love for us and God's love for the world. So this week, as you are filling out your intent card, there's yellow forms on the back. If you're online or if you got them in the mail this week at your house, there's also a Google form out there that you can fill out. We encourage you to do that um, as an act of faith, as an act of being intentional with your generosity. Sometimes our generosity is very intentional, like in the intent cards, and sometimes our generosity might fall out of our back pocket. But either way, we entrust it into God, back into God, God's ministry and work in the world, and we hold it loosely and generously. So may it be so in Jesus' name. Amen.